Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. And you're listening to Grow on the Go. Now, we are in separate rooms. Oh, um, separate, we, separate quadrants of the city, actually. True, true. Separate quadrants of the city. Um, usually we podcast in the same room, um, but just until I can get my vaccine, um, I'm being super extra careful. We, You'll notice if you listen next week that we also talk about this and we say it's the first show where we haven't been in the same room. That's because, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we sometimes record these out of sequence. Ta-da! Now you know a thing. <laughs> okay, no secrets. Anyway, no, no, I, hey, authenticity is is one of my core values. Yeah, okay, well, I mean, I like, I like authenticity. Uh, I, I can't say authenticity. Do you? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> there. Oh, sure, Mom. Mm, okay, know. so, yeah. hello. So, Hello. Um, I, I feel like um, there's a lot of things in the pandemic that are totally beyond our control, right? Most like, things, I like would say. You want your vaccine now, but you have okay. to wait. And yeah. I want the lockdowns lifted. Well, not till it's safe, but I yeah. want it to be safe. You want it to be <laughs> safe. Yeah. We, <laughs> Dad said to me tonight, oh, let's go out for dinner tonight. Have you started cooking? Because we could go out. And I said, well, we could pick up, but you know, yeah, we actually can't go out. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> such an extrovert. He must really be crawling out of his skin. Well, thankfully he has, you know, he has tons of, of interaction with people on zoom, but it's certainly yes. not the same. No, he's, no. he's a pretty relational dude too. He sure is. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, this whole idea of, of, of not having control yeah. is hard for, I mean, most people relate to, you know, they don't, they don't like not having control, but for some people it's almost an obsession. Mm. And I know I've shared this story before, but it's <laughs> such a good one. Honestly, that's, that's just a Carter thing though. Our family, we tell the same stories over and over again and, and we think they're hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of our love languages is repeating stories. My brother-in-law thinks it's insane. So if you don't think this is funny, then, you know, just tune up for a minute, but you're just not invited to our family dinners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. And you're the loser. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that's so, something we can say on the air. So our older daughter, Kendall arrived in the world, demanding her own way. Sure did. She would not go to sleep in her own crib. She would not eat green beans, despite the fact that, by the way, I'd picked the beans, cooked the beans, pureed <laughs> the beans, frozen the beans, and made all this baby food. And she just decided, no, no green beans. She would not play in her playpen, and she would not tolerate water in her bottle. I remember the day she threw her bottle back at me because it had water in it, not me. Oh. Oh, I'm sure you loved that. Oh, I said, you're going to be so sorry you did that, kid, because that's the last time you're getting a bottle in your crib. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. But back in the day, we did. It's how we got It's how we got the little beaners to sleep. Anyway, um, so she was a pretty strong-willed kid and still is a very strong-willed person. Now, yes. 
we can see today that that has served her really well. Her, her will is properly channeled and it, it enabled her to become an excellent gymnast, for example. She, her resolve was so strong, she, she'd train hard no matter how much it hurt or how tired she was. Um, she was a good student and a natural leader because she's always been far more directed by her own agenda than by peer pressure or anything else, really. Yeah. And as a teacher and a mother today, nobody gets the best of her. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, she does this thing um, when it, her whole thing is, is consequences, not punishments, consequences. You make choices, choices have consequences. And if, if, either her kid or um, her kids in class uh, do something kind of boneheaded. Um, she doesn't get angry. She just goes almost sarcastically. It's quite funny. Oh dear. I'm sorry. You made that choice or that wasn't a very wise choice. And it's and here's the consequence. Yeah. And she's so just like, it's out of my hands. You did this. That's unfortunate for you. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, you've actually volunteered in her class, and so have I. I have. So yes, I have. a chance to see this first. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. But in the middle of the power struggle years, raising her, we were not always able to see the, you know, the upside of raising a strong-willed child. Uh, this story, I know I've told before, but it, it bears repeating. She was just over a year old, and we were going on summer vacation. She was barely walking, and really, she was an absolute delight 90% of the time, but she was a busy baby, and so we traveled with as many distractions as a Honda Civic could hold. But in spite of our creativity and our, our forethought, our planning, this trip quickly became the parenting version of the Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Her protests were frequent, loud, and angry. Well, we arrived at the cottage with our nerves frayed, but we decided that we could not and would not face the return trip without a new, stronger intervention, a chemical intervention. <laughs> yes, we actually drugged her with children's gravel. If you're listening from the United States or somewhere else and you don't know what gravel is, it's just a, a motion sickness medicine that makes normal people really sleepy. But we didn't know then as we know now that Kendall has ADHD and that a drug that would make a typical person sleepy would have some sort of odd reverse effect on her, making her unbelievably hyperactive and unwilling or unable to go to sleep. Now, I know some of you out there are judging me for drugging my child, and I have to say I'm not proud of it, but I'm willing to bet that if you'd been in the car with us, you would have done the same thing. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. So she, uh, high or low or whatever on this gravel, she tweaked, tweaked yes, she wailed and raged almost the whole way home. And the further away from the cottage we got, the more tired she became, but she would not sleep. By hour six of this incessant screaming, my husband was seriously considering attaching her to the bike rack on the back of the car hmm. with bungee cords just to make the noise stop. And by hour seven, he was demanding drugs. It was about an hour away from home and all three of us were a mess. Like every nerve endings in all of our bodies was standing at attention and still Kendall shrieked on. 
when I read this, or when I think about this, I feel sorry for her. But at the time, I mostly felt sorry for me. <laughs> it was yeah, really hard. Anyway, finally, I climbed into the back seat, I took her out of her car seat and held her in, in just like a vice grip. And she struggled and fought against me for a few minutes, but I just wouldn't let her move. And eventually, she wore herself out. And 10 minutes from home, she fell asleep in my arms. And that would have been tricky, too, because you were like this teeny tiny lady and she was this teeny tiny tank that like she was a hefty baby. By that age, she was. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I mean, I was still bigger than her. And we, <laughs> we develop biceps when you haul a baby around all the time. Especially a baby like that. That's right. She was a chunker. So she didn't want to sleep. I don't think she knew why, but she didn't want to. And most of all, she wanted to win. We knew she needed to sleep. The trip would have been so much better for us all if she had, especially for her. But little kids are not typically that good at knowing what's best for them. They just don't know enough. Yeah. So does any of this sort of sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> it should because adults are, are, aren't much different. We fight to maintain control over people and circumstances and the future. But eventually we find that the struggle was futile. We're not in control. The control we had or thought we had was nothing but a mirage. You know, we can't hold a marriage together by the force of our wills. We can't stop a pandemic. We can't prevent the death of a loved one or the loss of a job. We can't make our children obey us, our bosses promote us, our husbands love us. We're not in control. I don't know. What are some of the ways that you experience uh, that feeling of being things being out of your control? Mm, uh, my company has been doing a lot of restructuring over the last year, and it, it has ultimately been very good for me. But I, I certainly know when it was first starting, um, the sort of power structure was going in a way that I did not like and I was convinced would be very bad for me um, or very difficult or I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to work in in such conditions um, and I just felt like my career was just now completely out of my hands and what my day-to-day -day life would look like was uh, I, 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 I was no longer a stakeholder in in what my everyday looked like and that was certainly unsettling. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a hard time when um, I try to, I plan for something and I try to look after all the contingencies. Yeah. I, I try and get everything nailed down and organized so things will run smoothly. And then, and then it blows up, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, this is a, a, a crazy example, but um, when you guys were little and we were going to go on a trip, I would make sure that the car was gassed up, that, um, you know, we had all the food we needed and, and drinks in the car and, you know, stuff to entertain you guys. And I'd have everything ready to go so that once we were in the car, we, you guys would have to sit there in your car seats for the shortest amount of time. My husband, on the other hand, would get in the car and say, I think we should get the tires rotated before we leave town and 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 then and then you know stop and and get pick up this or that or the other thing and that would just drive me crazy because you know I was all in control right 
but I wasn't mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, we, we are seldom in control. And I think that the big question then is, so who is? <laughs> and there's a ton of evidence in nature, I believe, that suggests that God is in control. I mean, even whether, whether you accept the concept of creation or not, there's a lot in nature that just lacks a plausible explanation without the premise of an intentional, intelligent, and interested designer. Uh, an example of this uh, that has always amazed me is the way a mother's milk, made from whatever she chooses to eat, is miraculously and mysteriously converted into exactly the form of the nutrition, of nutrition that the baby needs at that particular stage of his development. You know, so on the first day of life, his mother's milk contains colostrum, which is a highly nutritious serum that the baby needs after the trauma of birth to boost his immune system and give him the energy to carry him through those first days outside of the womb. But one week week later, the milk's formulation has changed to match the growing baby's nutritional needs. I just learned this um, with um, the birth of our first grandchild. I don't think they even knew this when I had babies. But in the evening, the mother's milk contains serotonin to help them sleep. I know. Isn't that just amazing? Well, that's lovely. Well, Kendall had, um, whenever we looked after Jude, she'd always label the breast milk that she sent to give him. Yeah, pumped at night. AM or PM. And I said, well, what what difference does it make? And that's when I learned it. And I, I think that's just amazing that the mother's milk adjusts in, in every way, in quality and quantity to suit the child's changing needs. Yeah. I think that's just amazing. How could that be evolution? I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. But another, another example of this that I think is super amazing is that um, the forces and particles that make up matter. Now, I'm certainly no scientist and the very idea that I'm going to try and give a little physics lesson here would send poor Dr. Smith, my high school physics teacher into fits of laughter or possibly a stroke. (laughs) So what was a what was a PhD doing teaching high school? Maybe I don't think there were jobs available at the university. And I had a PhD for math too that year. Um, High schools have really gone downhill. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? They weren't. Well, Dr. Smith was a pretty good teacher, but uh, the the math teacher I had was a terrible teacher. Both my friend and I failed math 10 because the guy just couldn't. He couldn't speak. Explain his way out of a (laughs) paper bag. Anyway. Anyway, poor Dr. Smith would die if he found out that I was trying to teach physics. But here's the little bit that I know and understand. The atoms that were around inside us and around us and make up everything we see and everything we can't see, they're made up of tiny particles. These particles contain opposing electrical charges. No one really understands why they don't fly apart. This powerful force is often referred to in the scientific community as atomic glue. Well, I think it's really interesting that the Apostle Paul, we call him, often people call him St. Paul, who lived, of course, long before anyone even knew that there were atoms, (laughs) he offered an answer. In one of his letters to the Christians in Colossae, he said, Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. 
Everything has been created through him and for him. He existed before everything else began and wait for it. He holds all things together. He holds all creation together. Isn't that cool? That is pretty nifty. I think maybe atomic glue is some of our best evidence that God is in control. That matter holds together. Your heart continues to beat and gravity works to hold us down to the earth where we, we belong simply because Jesus wants it to. The universe and all life in it are sustained by his active will. So then what does that have to do with us feeling out of control? Well, what if in the light of that reality, we could just relax in the embrace of a compassionate parent who would gladly take the weight of maintaining control off our shoulders? I mean, what if there was a good God who knew us intimately and loved us passionately? What if his every action toward us was an expression of perfect love? And what if he was all wise and all powerful? What if we never had to question his motives or his capabilities or his commitment to us? What would life be like if we could rest in the knowledge that whatever came into our lives was allowed by that kind of a God? And that in those times when he allowed the unthinkable, we could know with absolute certainty that he was still on our side and that he would be there to lend his strength while we walk through the storm. He gives us that choice. We can walk through the peaks and valleys of life, holding the hand of a Father God who loves us, is committed to us, and is in control. Or because, like little children, we just don't know enough to decide what's best for us, we can rail and rage against him, hurting only ourselves. In one of the Apostle Paul's letters included in the Bible, we find this amazing promise. And it's in Romans 8, 28. And we know that God cause, causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, does that mean that good people always succeed and the bad guy always gets what's coming to him? Yeah, <laughs> we all know that life isn't that way, at least not the dimension of life we're in now. But for those who choose to live in relationship with God, who learn to love him and to live in harmony with his design, as he's made it known to us in the Bible, it means that God will never let us down, that he's in control of the events that touch us. So that even when evil interrupts life and steals what is most precious to us, God will use even that to our advantage. He will never waste our pain. He'll use it to draw us to our, our destiny, to that place of highest fulfillment for us. But he makes this promise only to those who return his love and are called according to his purpose for them as as. Uh, as the, the verse in the, in the Bible says. And that means that these people have surrendered control to God and they welcome his plan for their lives. You know, we don't really like surrendering control to anyone, do we? No, uh, I mean, I do. Um, it, it, <laughs> I, I'm a manager now at my work and um, <laughs> I've gotten 
not like a talk, but a few times I've kind of had to say like, I struggle to make decisions on my own. I sometimes have to just be told what to do because I come from a family where everyone's a leader and it's much easier for me to just wait for someone to say what we're going to do next. Um, so surrendering control comes quite naturally to me for the most part, but um, in term, but obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about the general trajectory of life and, and no one right. likes that. No one likes to feel out of control. Well, and you're talking about relatively small decisions, like which ride are we going on next at Disneyland? Well, <laughs> As not for to, work, but but for for yeah. I mean, in, in your in in our home, right? And I mean, yes, yes. You and I, you and I were both the followers in that situation, and yeah, Kendall would duke out where we were going to go next. But yeah, family vacations with our family are nuts because my sister and my father—they're wonderful, loving people, but they're very—they can be very task-oriented and very strong and very strong-willed, and um, and we love them for that. And mom and I are much more laid back, and so they'll they'll plan out our whole day. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna eat here, and then we're gonna walk to the park then, and then we're gonna get a fast pass here. And while that's going, we can stand in line and finish this ride, and then we can use the fast pass. Then we can get another fast pass and break for lunch. And mom and I are just like, great, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, going back to uh, Mother's Day, which I think I mentioned in the last podcast or maybe the next podcast, I'm not sure. I have, um, time is nothing now. You know, you you were happy for the control in your life to say, I would prefer to stay home. You know, I don't feel safe going out because I don't have a vaccine. I would prefer to stay home. And so I, I think there are areas where we all have issues with control that we, we find, we find a loss of control scary, right? Yeah. It, it, I mean, it makes us feel weak and vulnerable. Yeah. And the reality is we are, and that's one yeah. of the, it's one of the benefits of surrendering that control. And, and this is something I'm actually going to talk about again in the next podcast. Hilariously, uh, we should have recorded these in sequence. They would have flown so nicely together, but I think, <laughs> I think we have this really, surrender we often um we often see it as like something that you do in war when you're losing that is not what surrender means here surrender is a really beautiful thing which is is letting go and relaxing well and, and i yeah go and, ahead and and it's like it's like falling asleep when you've been up for two days mm. and you've been fighting it and you've been trying to stay awake and you've been trying to stay awake. And now you you finally allow yourself to fall asleep. And it's so good. It's so good. And that's why I started with the story about Kendall fighting sleep mm -hmm. in the car. Right. Because it it would have been so much better for her if she had just surrendered into yeah. into, um, you know, my embrace and and really that's god is a compassionate parent that's what it's like to surrender to him he's a god of love he when when we surrender to him he leaves us feeling safe yes. and loved and confident yes and it, it you know god also is uh a lot more laissez-faire i guess because he will let us struggle and he will let us scream Mm -hmm. He he won't he won't try to kind of put us in a vice grip until we submit. That's not who he is. It's not what he does. It works works for a baby that's having a temper tantrum. Less <laughs> so for an adult that's also having a temper tantrum. Oh yeah, he will let us rage against him. Yeah, um, and he'll still he'll just wait quietly until uh, we're done. 
That's right. And, um, and we face the consequences of that, right. Of, mm-hmm. of, of our own, um, our own temper, our own, yeah, our own temper tantrum. Yeah. That, <laughs> going back to natural consequences. It's like, Oh dear, you made that choice. And that's, that's the reality of it too, is, is God is not, um, this is to paraphrase Bruce Almighty. God is not a vengeful kid on an anthill with a magnifying glass waiting to nuke mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, God is a patient, loving person, force, whatever you want to call him. Um, person is correct. Person is, yeah, reasonable, not human, but person who he will wait eternally literally for us um, to choose him. And when God doesn't punish us, we make choices and those choices have consequences, but that's how much he loves us is that he lets us make those choices. Yeah. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to force us. And that's, that's why I think some people kind of bristle uh, against the word surrender, but that's just it. He, he will not force us into submission. That's right. He will wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this, um, this verse in the Psalms. God wants us to, this is not the verse. This is my preamble. God, <laughs> God wants us to stop striving for control and rest in the security of his care. This is the verse in the Psalms. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires and never sleeps. So my takeaway from this is, it's only reasonable that I stop letting all this responsibility I've needlessly assumed keep me up at night Mm -hmm. because he's up anyway. He's already up. And he (laughs) is in control, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And truly, honestly, thank God for that. It is such a relief and it takes time and it takes practice honestly to be able to release oh i think we're we're kind of brought up to be like we are the masters of our own fate and yeah yeah we are we make decisions but we yeah. can let we can ask god how to make those decisions that's right he and doesn't take wow away, he doesn't take away our free will our agency yeah yeah that's right sorry i interrupted you no, I think I was probably done that point. Go ahead. <laughs> it's hard. We, we can't see each other right now. And that's. Uh, well, I can see you. You can't see me. Uh, OK, well, yeah. it would help if I could, but I can't. The phantom because... of the blanket fort. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really glad you joined us today. And I hope that mm-hmm. um, we've given you a little bit of food for thought, whether you have been a Christian your whole life or whether, you know, this is sort of some new, a new way of thinking for you. Yeah. Um, if, if this is new for you or, or even you just haven't really thought about it this way, we would love to talk to you about it. Um, you can reach out to us. Uh, we're on Instagram, grow on the go pod. You can get a hold of us there in the comments. You could also, um, mom, you can, you can add my mom, which if you search my mom, it, it won't be helpful. But if you search, uh, Donna Carter on Facebook, <laughs> you can add her there. Um, and, and she she's pretty responsive and, and we do love to hear from you. And even if you just have feedback, um, we'd, we'd love to hear it. We want to know what you think. And if this has been of any help to you, please feel free to share it with somebody else. Yeah. Like share and subscribe. 
But until next time, that is going to be it for us today on Grow On The Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow On The Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.